Today I tell you who the most important player on the team is. He gets overshadowed because of the quarterback race, but that doesn't change the fact that he is. Right here on the new look, Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. You can see my Twitter handle down below. And look at the new digs. I like it. This is fantastic. Thank you to the Locked On people for hooking me up with this. It looks really good. Um, today, we're going to tell you who the most important player on the roster is and why maybe it gets overshadowed by a quarterback race that is going on in the morning in, at the moment and why it's also probably important to keep that quarterback race going. So we will talk about that a little bit. But first, before we get started, I do want to tell you, um, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. The most important player on this roster is Zach Evans. Boom. Podcast over, right? Yeah. Zach Evans is the most important player on this roster. He's the most important transfer that they got in the offseason on this roster. He is probably the most important player in the locker room right now. Everybody knows talent when they see it. His sticks out on that field. Whenever NFL scouts go to the Ole Miss practices, they all come back and say the best player on that team is Zach Evans. Almost without fail. So why is his storyline been suppressed during this offseason? Now, we have a quarterback competition, and that is all that anybody cared about. Quarterback competition accounted for about 80 or 90% of the storylines within the fan base this fall, this spring, this summer, with a slight break for a national championship. But Zach Evans committed in, heck, I think it might have been mid-December, early January. He's been here for a while. It had been decided for a while. And Zach Evans was coming to Ole Miss. He was going to be the guy. Then the Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart dynamic started. And there, there's a weird thing that happens in the, this Ole Miss fan base that I don't really understand. But it involves anytime there's a Mississippi kid and a not a Mississippi kid. And people need factions because everybody wants to root for the Mississippi kid. And I get that. But in this competition, those sides got picked and it became the dominant storyline to what everybody is talking about, myself included. Um, I think five out of the top six videos I've done in the last month has been about the quarterback competition. I, I'm just as much to blame as everybody else for that. But everybody is missing the point of how good this, he, this player is. Zach Evans is legit. Now, he is a seven-yard per carry rusher from, a former, from another Power 5 conference that includes Baylor, by the way. We saw how good that defense was for Baylor. This was not the Big 12 defenses that you remember. Baylor was a good defensive team. Texas Tech was a good defensive team. Oklahoma State was a good defensive team. 
he still averaged plus seven yards per carry at TCU. And <clears throat> this offense has a chance to be 65-70% run this year. That is why this is predominantly an issue over the quarterback competition. Because I think this offense is going to be six to seven times out of ten run the ball. I think they're going to default to it. Zach Evans says he wants 20 to 25 carries a game. And he made a joke about 30 to 35 carries a game. And let's all remember what Lane Kiffin did with Derrick Henry at Alabama. He got 45 carries his last three games in college. And Alabama ended up winning the national championship that year. So you've got a coach that's willing to do it. Whenever um, Daryl Singletary was at FAU his senior year when Lane Kiffin was there his first year, there were 67% run. And I think Singletary had something like 30 touchdowns. So some stupid number. So whenever they can run the ball, he does run the ball. Don't look at Lane Kiffin and assume air it out offense. This is an offense that is predominantly built on the run, and it always has. It's a derivative or a mindset from the old Norm Chow offenses at USC whenever they had Reggie Bush, Lindell White, those guys. And that's a derivative off of the Lavelle Edwards offense at BYU. So, which also the air raid, by the way, we read about that. It's also off the Lavelle Edwards. It's just like two varying paths along how to get there. But he's going to provide so much value for this team. Zach Evans being in the backfield. I've told you this probably five or six times during this offseason, but not in the contents of how important of a player he is. Whenever he's in the backfield and Ole Miss runs an RPO, it is going to force linebackers to step hard towards the line of scrimmage. That is going to open up Michael Trigg. That's going to open up Jalen Robinson. All of that in the space behind the linebackers. Now, the outside receivers, it's their job to keep the free safety at bay so he can't squeeze down. But if that happens, you have a chance for a special type offense to develop and a team that honestly could be pretty explosive and you see you're going to see plays with receivers running wide open and it's just because they have to step so hard to the line of scrimmage and that's going to buy you a half a second second whenever whenever the defense is trying to stay as compact as possible see people don't realize about football they think it's a man-to-man and I don't mean like it just a man-to-man defense but Whenever they look at it, they look at it as a man-to-man thing. But the reality, whether you play a man-to-man or zone or however you do it, you want to keep the safeties and the defensive line as compact as possible. Just like soccer, just like basketball, everything, whenever you compact that, it makes it to where easy plays, simple things, is harder for the offense. So the idea of the offense, what they're trying to do, is trying to expand that defense. So you see wide receivers trying to pull free safeties back a little bit. You you want spaces to open up between the safeties and the linebackers, between the linebackers and the defensive line as they expand out. And that is the secret behind this RPO system. And 
that's the reason Elijah Moore had so much success. And there were so many plays where he was absolutely wide open. Now, Lane Kiffin does his double move, his shot plays and all that, and that is designed to keep the free safety from being able to compress down. Remember, whenever you see a team that is really good defensively, it's all about them trying to stay as compact as possible. When Alabama was so dominant in the early 2010s, when Georgia was dominant last year, you had safeties that didn't have to worry about the other team's wide receivers because you had super athletes back there. So you can line them up at 11, 12 yards. They're still doing deeper than the deepest, but it's not as urgent. It's not something that scares them. They're not trying to anticipate and guess. So they're able to do that and keep that space around the first down really compact. And teams have trouble against that because the plays that are easy are no longer easy for them. And that defense constricts them and, and they just go down further and further and further to the point where the offense can't breathe. Zach Evans is going to provide a safety valve for this Ole Miss offense, even without Matt Corral, even without Braylon Sanders, all the pieces that left. This one is going to be so instrumental because of what he's going to control. Him being in the backfield is going to control the front five, front six of that defense just by himself. Everybody is going to circle him in the game plan. They're going to pay attention to what he's doing, and they're going to go into it saying, hey, to beat Ole Miss, we have to stop the run. And if that happens, you have opportunities in the pass game that's going to develop. It's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, we have finally got to the point after this long, long offseason that we're going to get some questions answered. Finally. They do such a good job at Ole Miss of just locking media out and not letting information get out. I remember last year, Ole Miss put in a whole new defense. Nobody knew a single thing about it. People that covered the team every day had no idea. Why? Well, it's because this offensive staff is really good at what they do. And, you know, if you're going up to Vault Hemingway tomorrow to see the game, pay attention to Zach Evans. Honestly, he deserves more hype than he's got because everybody cares about Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart and to some extent Michael Trigg. I, I guess the Trigg thing might be leeching off the quarterback position, but Zach Evans is legit, guys. Watch it. Enjoy it. Have a lot of fun because players like that do not come around Ole Miss very often. I've told you for months he's an Adrian Peterson-level talent, and he is the most important transfer and player on this team. So it should be really interesting to see how this lines up. Anyway, are you one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone else around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different and drive high and get a DUI. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Give us a five-star review on there. You can say whatever you want to say. 
just make sure there is a five-star review as well. I'd appreciate it. It will help others find the show in the future. You might not like it. It might not be your cup of tea. That is absolutely fine. I am acquired taste and not for everybody. But somebody that might like that, I'd like them to be able to search for and do it. So if you could do that for me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anyway, so in the first segment, we talked about Zach Evans and how he is the most important player on the Ole Miss roster. I th- I went transfer, I went player and everything. And it's like, no, he is the most important player on this roster. And you end up with a situation to where he is, he's going to be your bell cow. Ulysses Bentley the fourth is a great back and an excellent potential compliment for Zach Evans. Quinshawn Judkins, excellent compliment for Zach Evans. But every player is a compliment for him. That's the important thing to realize. Whenever you do comparisons and comps and things like that, he's the one you compare to. He's the one that you do everything. Anything on the offense. The offense can be really good if Zach Evans does X. If Zach Evans does Y. And that's why it's unbelievably important for this team. Anyway, that was just a, a one last thing that we hit. Now, I was sitting here thinking today when I was on my morning walk, what is our most memorable season opener? What are the season openers that stand out? And obviously, in the comment section below, talk about it. What is the season opener that immediately comes to mind? The one that does to me, it's not the Memphis 3 to nothing game. Um, even though I interviewed Charles Stackhouse and we talked about that because I was in, um, I was really in boot camp in A school. I didn't get to see that. That was back when games, every game wasn't on TV and you didn't have a way to listen to it. So, I mean, you were just a box score fan at that point. So I missed that three to nothing game. What game stands out? Is it the 2003 Jonathan Nichols 52 yard field goal to beat Vandy? Yes, I know it's Vandy. Was it Jeff Scott with his 80-yard touchdown run in 2013 to beat Vandy? I mean, that's an interesting question. Was it Boise State in 2014 with Cody Pruitt just laying the lumber? What is the most memorable season opener for you? And what makes it memorable besides Ole Miss winning? We know Ole Miss winning is going to be the predominant thing. But which games, and, and, and old people that might be watching this, go back to the 80s, 70s, and 60s, games that we're not thinking about, that we don't know about. Let us know about them. Because I'm of the person that I've, I, I am completely honest with everybody, and I tell them that I, do, I am a little bit different when it comes to college football fandom. I don't talk trash. I think college football is more fun when you don't talk trash. Um, I think that certain things need to be celebrated. And one thing that needs to be celebrated is openers. The first game of the year. It's not just the excitement and the anticipation of going through this oppressively long offseason that football has. It's more about you only get so many of these. I'm sitting here, this will be my 46th, 45th game um, opener, and probably the 41st that I remember. 
The first game that I remember, just heads up, was actually an Egg Bowl from 1982. Steve Sloan's last game was my first game. 83 was really the first opener that I remember. And in that one, I got to see, like, Timmy Moffitt run punts back against LSU, against State. I mean, Jackson was rocking back then. I didn't go to a game in Oxford until 89, the first time I got to go to Oxford for a game. So, these things need to be celebrated. These memories need to be celebrated because that's what these are. These are almost postcards from your life. These openers. All this anticipation that you've built up over the last couple of months. This will be the first postcard that you can send out. This will be, if nothing happens and it's a completely blah season, let's say, Ole Miss goes 7-5 and five and ends up in the Birmingham Bowl. You know, something like that that's not an overly um, great season. But you'll remember the opener. Just like I do, um, 2004 against Memphis. That one I can't, th- I can't forget. I've tried to forget it, but I can't forget it. Because, I mean, it's just... A difficult situation. It just didn't work out. It was coming off of the Eli Cotton Bowl and just faceplant. And we talked to Bill Flowers um, about that team and about that quarterback competition. And that quarterback competition for this year, 2004 is the year that we don't want to have. And that is the one that scares the heck out of me. Whenever you go in, in that one, you think you have a quarterback and you end up not having and having to play three and it completely fractures the team it cost david cutcliffe his job 2004 scares the hell out of me but we'll see we finally are going to get answers after this oppressively long offseason we'll get to see who runs out there and takes the first snap at quarterback we will get to see zach evans absolutely show out we'll get to see who's doing what at wide receiver Michael Trigg, if it's a pass play on first down, I'm assuming he's going to be out there. If it's a run play, it'll probably be Casey Kelly. I want to see what this defense looks like. Lining up all over the field, very amoeba-like. They can do different things. I want to see what this looks like. I want to see Jonathan Cruz and his cruise missiles. I want to see our return game. Jalen Robinson is probably the favorite on that, but there's others that could take that role. J.J. Henry, by the way, is listed as a second-team punt returner. Something to keep an eye on there. Um... Punt, Frazier Mason. Nobody's seen Frazier Mason kick a ball this offseason. So whenever he comes out there for the first time, it's going to matter. It's going to mean something. So celebrate. Have fun this weekend. Enjoy the game versus Troy. It's a game that I don't think Ole Miss can lose. It might get uncomfortable for a little bit, but I don't think Ole Miss can lose that game. My picks come out a little bit later this afternoon, including the Troy pick um, against the spread on that with the boys from SEC After Dark, all four of us, picking games throughout the league. It's about 20 minutes long. Kind of relaxed. We kind of rapid fire going around all the games in the conference. We don't pick Tennessee and Missouri because those games will all actually have already happened. So, anyway, enjoy this. Have fun. We finally made it. You only get so many of these openers. You need to enjoy and maximize every single one. 
I got a shirt coming. It, it was supposed to be here this weekend, and I was supposed to do this podcast, particularly wearing this shirt, because you know me and my, my silly t-shirts. But it, it just says, there's only so many Saturdays, make them count. And I wanted that to be a reminder to everybody. There's only so many Saturdays, make them count. There's only so many openers, make them count. They're all meaningful to fans for diff- different reasons. Go make memories. See the twinkle in a kid's eye. Watch some good football. It, it just doesn't get any better than this, guys. Go see the Grove. You only get seven opportunities to see the Grove in all its glory every year. Go see it. Walk around. People watch. Have fun. And if you see Jared Ivey's mom, who is a watcher of the show, tell her hi. Treat her well. And make sure she has a good time in the Grove because she's coming to Oxford for all kinds of fun before the Troy game. So, should be a lot of fun. Anyway, coming up after this break, we have Tom Vanderford. Um, He's going to come in for his weekly segment. We're going to talk some more Troy. We're going to talk some questions. We're probably quarterback, running back. We're just going to do some random random scattershoot stuff on the Ole Miss football team. So, anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Hit the YouTube subscribe button um, because that will help you with our postgame show because you cannot chat in our postgame show if you are not a subscriber. Only subscribers can chat. It's a completely free process. We'd appreciate you take care of, taking care of that. We are here with Tom Vanderford um, on the eve of Ole Miss and Troy. How you doing, Tom? Doing great, man. Looking forward to some football. Yeah, serious. This has been an oppressively long offseason. And it just felt like it would never get here. And that was with Ole Miss winning a national title in baseball. It just felt like it's taken forever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With all the with all the new faces we've got and uh all the uh expectations, whether, you know, they're realistic or tampered, uh, tempered, excuse me. Um, it's. I'm just glad it's here. I can't wait to see Zach Evans. Yeah, I yeah. Think I, he's he's, he's the dude. bomb, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's. I like what he said in the press conference the other day that he was. I'm gonna clean it up, but he's PO'd and he's angry and he's ready to run over some people. I like that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> he also joked that's like, hey, how many times would you like touches and everything? And Zach Evans just jokingly said thirty to thirty-five, and then. Then he said, oh, no, seriously, 20 to 25. That's still an enormous amount of touches for what we know of the Lane Kiffin offense. Exactly. But, but if you look back in time when they, he was the coach of Derrick Henry, the last three games, Derrick Henry averaged 45 carries a game. So if it's warranted, he's going to get him the ball. Oh, yeah. Tote that rock, man. Run that clock. Tote the rock and run the clock, maybe. What what's your favorite opening game memory? Do you have one? Oh goodness. Um ah, there's so many. I'm trying to think back. Um I just really I just really you, you may have to cut this, but I don't know if it's the chemo brain or what, but I can't think of a good opening <laughs> game memory right now. I apologize. That's okay. I kind of put you on the spot there. So um, <laughs> we'll go on and start. What are you looking forward to against um, Troy this weekend? Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing how well our defense performs. 
Uh, I want to see uh, how our quarterbacks interact with the rest of the offense. Uh, I may be wrong, but I think we're going to see both of them. Okay. Okay. And um, I, I'm not really I'm not really set on a starter. Although I mean, if you if you made me pick somebody, I would say I I, I just got a feeling it may be dark, but. But it'll be interesting to see. That's the main thing. I want to see our defense play really good. If we can't play really good against Troy, we, you know, we, we, we've, we've got a lot better competition coming than Troy. So I want to see how that defense gels. And, and I would like to see how our offense goes from having the quarterback that was the cornerstone of the offense to – in my my uh, opinion, the the short passing game and the running game being the cornerstone of the offense this year. Yeah, and, and one thing that I'm interested about is you're going to hear this from fans, Ole Miss fans, after the Troy game. Ole Miss could win the game 56 to nothing, and you're going to hear this after the game. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. But um, certain fans are going to say, well, you couldn't beat Alabama today if you played like that. Well, that's the point. Oh, we're not, yeah, we're not playing, we're not playing Alabama. Alabama today. Enjoy, yeah. Look at the result that happened. You got the desired result. Build towards whatever you're going to do. It, that one's absolutely crazy. Ole Miss can go nine and three, and people will discount seven of those wins because it wasn't good enough to beat Alabama. Yeah, it's it, that one is bizarre to me. That that I I completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, it always. It always cracks me up. I haven't been around college football at the levels that you have, but I've been a fan for forever. And it's common sense that a team is not going to get up for Troy like they're going to get up for Alabama. It's two totally different mindsets, two totally different games. In my opinion, two totally different efforts, whether they want it to be or not. I know one thing about I've noticed about with Lane, even when we play the, the, the non-conference guys, he's – He's trying to push that pro mindset. You know, this is another game. Get in there, do your work, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, there's been lots of times in the past where that hadn't been the case. You know, you talking about first games. It wasn't my favorite first game, but that Jacksonville State game uh, just about murdered me <laughs> years ago. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are – at that time it was still called 1AA – and uh, they're, they're going to beat us at home. So as long as we have a good showing, and, and, and I think that's what we're going to do. I, I think we're going to have a good defense, and I think we're going to run the football. Yeah, I want to see it operational, operationally look sound. You know, yeah. no, no procedures, um, get lined up, no delays right. a game. That, that's the kind of stuff in a game one I'm looking to see. Because if Ole Miss wins this game, let's say it's 30 to 20. Um, and you didn't cover, you know, and it's like, I'm not going to say that that was a bad result because we don't know what Troy's going to be. We don't know what Ole Miss is going to be. That might be a good result um, after everything shakes out. But everything's um, built around a betting line. I'm not going to judge the result of a ball game necessarily off of that, although I'm going to promote the betting lines and bet online and Ole Miss is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite and all all of that. Um I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to um, do our post-game results based off of that line. Yeah, I've never, I've never been a, a, a huge better. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'll have to tell you that story sometime. It, it involves a slot machine in the Philippines. But anyway, I've never been a huge better. Uh, but I will say that I've never understood the first game betting odds of college football because you don't know. You really don't know. Those guys are just, I don't know if they're just throwing something to the wall and seeing what sticks or what. But, you know, it's just like the Nebraska-Northwestern game I watched last weekend. You know, Nebraska was supposed to spank them like a scalded dog and Northwestern won. You can't tell. You really, you're just, you're hedging your bets. Later on in the year, you've got more data to go by. Mm -hmm. But uh, we really don't know what Troy's going to have. You know, they they got a they got a uh, transfer quarterback from uh, Penn State or not Penn State West Virginia, and uh, is he going to play some? Has he been there long enough? Is you know you really don't know what they've got, and and to be honest with you, you really don't know what we've got. I mean we 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 feel confident that we're much better on defense. We feel confident that we're uh, got a really solid running game. And uh, like like we've already stated, what it's going to come down to is who is the best field general uh, on offense for Ole Miss. Is it going to be Luke Altmaier or is it going to be Jackson Dart? Um, that's that's my concern. I think there's there's not going to be as much pressure on the quarterback this year as there was last year. Last no. year, Corral had to carry the whole team on his shoulders a lot. This year we've got what some people are calling the best running back in college football in the background in the backfield, you know. So and we've got Bentley's a good change of pace back. We got Judkins, we got uh, Bullock, you know. I mean, I think we're going to see a we got a uh, experienced offensive line. I think we're going to see a lot of running the football. I it wouldn't surprise me if our offense you know, you, you you grew up in Mississippi. I did too. My whole life, Mississippi State's been good defense and running the football. Mm -hmm. Now they're air raid and whatever. And I'm like, you know, I really think that this year we're going to have a good defense and we're going to run the football, mm -hmm. which is, is strange. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to pass it, but I think we're going to run first. Yeah, and I've told people over the last couple of weeks, and I think this is absolutely true. The importance to this year, if we can maximize this year and win eight or nine games this season, Ole Miss becomes a legitimate Western Division champion contender in 2023. Ole Miss has never went into a season that was actually just a division contender. Not in my lifetime. You, you have to get back to people that are like 75 years old before they regularly saw that. But... This is a, an important year to try and maximize. You're going to lose some games. There's going to be some mistakes made, but you can grow from it because the talent is there for this to be just an exceptional roster for 2023. I completely agree. And then you've got to remember, even though they've shortened, uh, they, they made it, what, a 45-day and then a 14-day uh, transfer portals mm -hmm. now uh, for next year. Yeah, yeah. Lane Kiffin's still going to go out and go, okay, I need these three pieces, and he's going to find them. Yeah, There's no yeah. doubt in my mind, but we've got so many people back next year, and we're not going to have our big stud running back next year. He's going to go – he's one and done with us. But then you've got Judkins, 
and you got you know you it's it, i feel very very safe with with uh lane kiffin being our head coach i really do he knows what he's doing more than any head coach we've had in quite some time he's he knows what he's doing yeah, it's really interesting. And like I said, I've been trying to just – it's okay to have expectations. No, Now, don't live and die by them, but it's okay no. to have expectations about this team. And part of what has held Ole Miss back in the past, over the past 40 years, and some people might call it a little Ole Miss thing, but there was a confidence issue. Um, you hear people all the time say in the preseason mags come out and Ole Miss is like, preseason third in the SEC West. And they say, oh, Ole Miss does better whenever they're picked lower. Everybody has heard that. And it's a confidence issue within the fan base. And one thing that I want to do is just set expectations, call things how they are, because this is a different time than it was in 1993. Exactly. Exactly. We – really close to competing with the big dogs. You know, we mm-hmm. did we did some great things last year. You know, we lost that quarterback. We lost a couple of pieces. But we, like I said, we've rebounded uh, a lot. Just uh, it's like I told my state friend the other day. I said, y'all will go as well as far as your offensive line will take you. I think we'll go as far as our uh, quarterbacks managing the game will take us. Now, um, before we get out of here, who is your prediction to take the first snap against Troy? Jackson Dart. Yeah. I have not heard one story that is named Luke Altmyer. Not read, not heard, not anything that says Luke Altmyer. So Luke Altmyer might be the first guy. The thing that makes me nervous is last year, nobody knew a thing. Ole Miss came out with a completely different defense against Louisville. Nobody knew anything about it. So that right. one makes me, that one makes me a little bit nervous. So I can't get above eighty percent confidence on it, but I think it'll be dark as well. Yeah, yeah, that's just my gut feeling. But if it's Luke, that's great too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Root for the logo on the side of the helmet, not the quarterback. That's right, baby. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview of twenty twenty two. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for your NFL season. The local team experts of Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders are all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Um, I'm doing this thing um, for the post game, and they're going to send it out to all the Tegna TV stations around the country. So I'm going to have like a 60-second video hit that um, Locked On is going to send. There's two stations in Memphis, so you might actually be able to see it that are actually Tegna stations. So I'm hoping they will play that. But we'll have also, they're doing a podcast called Game to Game. And they're not advertising it yet on here, and I do not know why. But it's going to be a sports center-like setup to where they go, a host comes in and talks a little bit about the Ole Miss game, not necessarily that it goes on, and they'll just kick it out to me giving that 60-second briefing, and they'll go to the next game and the next game. So it's going to be real quick, rapid fire on the SEC and Big Ten, and I'm, I'm really impressed with that. That's cool, man. That's cool. All right, Tom. Thank you very much for stopping by. Enjoy the game, and 
Uh, you're just about done with chemo, right? You got one more, man. One more. Uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th will be my last, my last round of chemo. All right, that is awesome to hear, and um, we can get into football season and just really enjoy it. Exactly. But, that, but thanks, bud. Howdy, toddy. Howdy, toddy, buddy. <laughs>